Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. And I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. And it says, That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach and he told them many things in parables saying, a sower went out to sow and as he sowed, some seeds fell among the path and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they were withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds, somebody say other seeds, fell on good soil and produced grain. Some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Hey, over the next few minutes, in my little scaffolding cage, I want to speak to you from this idea, 30, 60, 100. 30, 60, 100. Father, I love you. I pray, Lord, for us that are in this room, those that are watching online, those that will watch this afterward. I pray that your words, Lord Jesus, will not lose any effect, Lord. But that the power of your Holy Spirit would speak to us, that give us revelation, insight, that it would motivate us, that it would push us, Lord, but that it would pull out of us, Lord God, the things that we need to do the assignment that you've put before us. I pray, Father, that you would speak and that you would allow my words to cease as your words increase. Father, I love you and I thank you for what we will experience, what we will learn, and the life that we will live, Lord, as we are led by you, Jesus. It's in your beautiful and matchless name that we pray, Lord. Amen and amen. Come on, if you're believing for God to do a work in your life, come on, would you put your hands together? Oh, come on, if you're believing for God to say something in this place, would you put your hands together? Amen. 30, 60, 100. At the beginning of the year and towards the beginning of the first quarter of the year, we've talked a lot about the soul, about the body. We've talked about the four cups. We've gone through soul care together with you guys. We've talked about this idea and what we've shaped our entire church around are these four cups that we want people to know God. We want them to actually fall in love with him. Salvation would happen. Every Sunday is about people knowing God, about finding freedom, about getting deliverance from the things and the accusations and the soul hurts that they had from yesterday. Actually walking into a space where they can discover their purpose. They can find out what is it that God created them for to eventually live in fulfillment and make a difference in somebody's life. These are all things that pertain to your soul. These are things that I think are valuable and they are things that if we don't take advantage of, we will find ourselves stuck. And what I'm talking to you about now is this spiritual progression. It's this actual three steps that you see all through scriptures where we actually begin to take the very same steps that our soul takes. When we encounter God, when we get rid of our yesterday, when we walk into a space where we understand what we were created for and then we go out to make a difference in the spirit, there are three steps that you see all through scriptures that today I'm hoping would actually encourage you to begin to take some steps that you would see yourself on the journey and actually begin to move towards God. You ever just stop? And look around and just say, like, 
yo, is this it? Like, is this, is this, is there more to this life? I know sometimes you can get up at 8 o'clock in the morning when you're going to work, or, or maybe if you work in the evenings at 6 o'clock in the evening, or maybe you kick yourself from your computer for just a second and you just think to yourself, like, yo, is this, is there more than just this 9 to 5? Is there more than just watching that second season of that show you've been waiting for on Netflix? Is, is there more to just being born and dying? Like, is there more to this life? Like, something is missing. God, he's known as the archaeo or the architect, the great architect. He has made humankind. He created us. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, the Bible says that he formed us from the dust, that he actually made us. He made us in his image. Let us make man in his image. We look like God. We carry the very same nature. He takes it and he puts an exclamation point on us by making us free moral agents, by giving us our own free will, where we can make decisions on our own, where we're not just robots, where we can choose to say, God, I love you, or God, I hate you. In doing that, we're enacting the very nature of God. We are made in his actual image. That shows us that we, we are made in his image. That shows, and the devil hates it. Because he said, you can mess them up, you can strip them of their authority, but I'm going to give them their image because I want to piss you off. I want every time that you look at their face for you to see me. We, it doesn't matter if you're a crackhead, if you are lost in pornography, if you're so far from God, you still look like God. It is still stored up inside of you. And every time he sees you, he hates you because you remind them of the very thing that you came from. Because God is the archaeo. He made us. He shows us. It's like, yo, I, I'm giving you all of these things and I, 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 I hate you. Because we're the iconia, or icons. It's, it's like an image. Like, we are the image of God. If you take that word and you actually break it down a little bit, it actually becomes windows. That we are windows. That in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, it says that he has set eternity in our hearts. Like, yo, inside of you, there is a longing. There is a desire. There is a desperate intent that you want to be able to reach that. Why? Because, yo, we're threefold beings. We're, we're a soul, we're a body, and we're a spirit. But what I want you to understand is that you weren't first a soul and a body, and then you got a spirit. No, you were a spirit that received a body. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, he says, Before I formed you, I knew you. You were already in existence before you ever clothed yourself in flesh. Yet so much of our preaching, so much of what we want to receive, and so much of the books that we read, they are all about helping our souls and our, and our body. And we sign up for the gym every single January 1st. And on our birthday, we go to the gym again. And we call Quincy. And we work out with him two or three weeks. And then we're like, we leave him. And he doesn't, he's like, yo, are you meeting me at the gym? And you're like, oh my God, I forgot. I just, uh, I'm going to go next week, I promise. <laughs> watch this watch this Jesus says that a farmer sows seed and then when he sows the seed three-fourths of that seed is snatched up and then one-fourth of that seed is actually taking fruit and it actually goes in the ground and begins to spring up and is good seed hello good seed but yet and still out of all of us that are this good seed some of us will produce 30-fold. Some of us will produce 60-fold. And some of us will produce 100-fold. Some of us will find ourselves in a space where we're, we're here. And then some of us will actually take it a step further. 
and make it to a 60-fold, and then some of us will actually make it to a 100-fold, but it, it perplexes me. It, it's mind-boggling to me that the majority of Christians are just excited and happy to stay with 30-fold or 30 And we begin to think to ourselves, that's my lot. Like, in Kim, she can sing. Like, Nunzi, she can sing. Hi, you know what I'm saying? Like they can get it down. Me, I didn't get that blessing. <laughs> stop. stop, 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 stop. Don't do that no more. Don't do that no more. But we, te we tend to apply that to God. And we tend to apply that to even the gifts of the Spirit. We begin to think that some people were blessed with it and some people can. And my lot is 30%. That's all I have. No, that's not your lot. This is a spiritual progression. This is where you can begin. But this is not where you have to stay. Like, I just, I just want to be saved enough. I just, I just want to make it to heaven. I just want to, I want my name to be written in the Lamb's book of life. While deep inside of us, there is a longing, there is a desperate cry in our spirit that there's something missing, that there's more to life than just paying the bills, than shouting and dancing at church and paying your tithes and getting up in the morning and going to work and doing it all over again, that there's something inside of us, there's something more, that eternity is set up in our hearts, that there's something inside of us that's filled with greatness and, and profoundness, and it's perplexed. It doesn't understand why you're denying it or why you're putting it on the back burner. And it's like, hey, can I come out and play? Like, can I see life? Like, I want to experience things. And, and we think, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't given that. That wasn't given for me. And depending on, on what you were raised in, what your belief, what your doctrine is, maybe you were even told that that, that that no longer exists, that that was for a certain amount of special people. But this is what Paul says, and I can't wait to tackle that and break that demonic lie in the name of Jesus. Like, I promise you this series, I'm going to sacrifice a lot of your little sacred cows. And if I'm honest with you, some of you that are online, you're probably going to switch over and go watch T.D. Jakes or somebody else. But, but some of us are going to get this, and we're going to turn this freaking city upside down. Some of us are going to get this thing in our lineage, our legacy, our life are going to get turned upside down because we're going to watch God move in a way that we never watched them ever before in our life. Watch how Paul says it. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, he says, I press towards the mark of the prize of the, of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I press towards the high calling there cannot be a high calling if there aren't lower callings if there are lower callings have we chose them because Paul is saying here yo I want to press towards the mark pressing is not sitting on your butt expecting for it to come to you pressing takes some work pressing takes some push-ups it takes some pain it takes some hurts pressing is about moving forward but I want to press towards the mark I've told you I wasn't going to get excited but I'm excited I ain't preaching four weeks I'm preaching a little bit I praise I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God there cannot be a high calling unless there are lower callings unless there is 30 fold 60 fold 100 fold God tells Moses Moses I want you to build me a tabernacle he says in the tabernacle I want you to build me an outer court I wanted you to build me an inner court 
and I want you to build me a holy of holy, the, the outer courts. That's where the, the brazen altar is, where they sacrifice and blood and, and, the, and the brazen altar and the brazen laver. Like all of these things are on the outside. And then you go into the inner courts and the lampstand, the, the, the table of showbread, the altar of incense is found in there. And then you go into the holy of holies where the ark of the covenant is and where the throne of God is. It's crazy that for so many of us, 30-fold, the outer courts, where the sacrifice, where the issue of blood, the issue of sin, that's where it gets appeased, where the, the priests will come and they will sacrifice for your sins and they will constantly be in there. And all of a sudden, there's like this blood swinging and, and fire and singing and people robed and uh, clothed in robes and, and vestments and you hear all this celebration and the, and the outside or the, the, the outer courts, it's a, it's a large place. Everybody comes into there and they're sacrificing and they're celebrating and there's this, there's this big crowd of people that are in a 30% and it denotes salvation. It denotes a sacrifice for your sin or you actually getting with God, justification, salvation, that the outer court signify that. That's where the sacrifices come. And it's super exciting when you first go. And it might be exciting for your first year. But after five years, after 10 years, after 20 years of you being in the outer courts, there has to be something inside of you that says, yo, what's behind the veil? Like, what are they doing in there? Like, I see all of this stuff and this stuff is great. And I'm just glad that my name's written in the Lamb's book of Christ. I'm just glad that I'm saved, praise God. And there's nothing in you. That's a lie because your spirit is saying there has to be something there. There's something that's missing, something that's, yo, it's on the other side of that, like, there, there has to be something there, but we're scared of there. Because we've been told in churches, don't question God. Don't, 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 don't go too deep. Don't, you know, don't go there with God. Like, God is a mystery. No, 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 no. He's a, he's a mystery. Like, don't question him. Yo, I don't think you were being told don't question him. I think what they were really telling you is don't question the preacher because the preacher can't answer you. He doesn't have the answers and he doesn't want to be accountable to what he says to you. So you've been told that to be scared to go in there because you're going to die when you go in there because you're not worthy enough to go in there because you ain't given enough tithe to go in there because you haven't showed up to church enough. You haven't served enough for you to go in there. But in there is where everything changes. The 30-fold. There, there are moments that your spirit longs for these things. Like, I don't want to be in the 34 no more. Like, I want to step into this. I, I want to go to a higher place. Am I crazy? Why am I having these dreams? Why am I looking at this person and God's telling me that you need to say this to them? Why, why am I feeling these things? Like, I don't understand it, God. Like, why are you bothering me? Why are you waking me up at 3 o'clock in the morning? Bro, let me sleep, God. Why are you putting this person in my heart? Why am I praying for them? Because your spirit is longing for something. You're going to sleep and you're sleeping 10, 11 hours in the night, but then you're waking up and you're still tired because your spirit is warring, your spirit is fighting, your spirit is alive, it's active, that there's more inside of you, there's something missing. There's the 30, there's the 60, and there's the 100, the 30. It deals with the issue of sin, the sacrifice, the blood. We get stuck there, man. 
It's like salvation. Yo, that's great. Hallelujah. It's such a miracle. It's a miracle that has nothing to do with you. It was Jesus. It's settled. He shed his blood. It was for you. He didn't die for you. He died as you. Like he took care of that. The payment is already set, but we're just all to the blood. Like we, we're stuck there in the 30% and we're never maturing or growing past that. Like at what point do we get to a place where we understand that it is settled? That the blood, it, it clears our consciousness. That there's sufficient payment for your consciousness so that your consciousness Consciousness doesn't try to repay something that it cannot afford. That your conscience isn't thinking, I got to work towards this. And I got I to gotta stay saved. And I got to keep, I don't want to keep doing this. And I'm going to fall into sin. God, I'll be back in a second. Let me just go back to the sin because I'm a mess anyway. I'm a wretch undone. I got to pray so I stay and fast so I last. And I got to do all of these things because God, you know, I'm in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord, and I'll come back to you, Lord. I love you. And, and it's back and forth. And it's just like, yo, you don't have to live in that back and forth. Your conscience to be clear that God already paid for that. You're saved. You don't got to come up to another altar call and give your life to Jesus again. You are saved. It was by faith that you were saved. It was God's work that did the salvation. You're saved, bro. Get past it. Like, get out of this 30. We got to stop doing this. The 30% ensures you that you made the payment, not you, Jesus, but that a payment was made for God's wrath. Why? The wages of sin is death. You deserve death because of every single thing that you did, everything that you watched, the, the sin that was in your heart that nobody knew you were doing. Those very things deserve death. But in the 30 court, in the outside court, there was a sacrifice. His name was Jesus where he wiped those sins away. But we stay stuck there just constantly like, am I really saved, Lord? And we listen to another preacher. And the preacher makes us question our salvation. Well, I ain't reading as much as he is. I ain't really worshiping the way that she is. Maybe I'm... Watch this. 1 John chapter 2, verse 12 through 14. This is so profound. I am writing you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I am writing to you, children, because you have known the Father. I write to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. N notice that there are three levels. Notice that it is a little child, a young man, and then a father. No notice the, pro the progression, 30, 60 fold. That, it, that there's three feasts, that there's a feast of Passover, that there's a feast of Pentecost, and then the feast of the tabernacles. Understand, notice that the, that the 30% or the, the beginning of this thing, it, it deals with the issue of sin. Little children, I'm writing you because your name, because your, your sins are forgiven for my name's sake. If the summation of your entire faith is circled around the issue of sin, then you are a child. If you are just trying to make it to heaven, I don't care if you're 50, 80, 90, you are still a child. If the summation of your life is me battling with sin, you don't need to battle with sin. Like you don't have to fight this thing the way that everybody's making it seem. You got a flesh and you're constantly going to be attacked. But there is another level, there's another gear that you can hit in your life where you're not constantly battling like a child anymore and you're not giving yourself to sin anymore. That you don't have to struggle with pornography again. That you don't have to struggle with lust and with lying. That you don't have to find yourself. There's freedom. There's actual freedom for you where you can actually shift and move out of that. 
Because if you continue to be in there, you're in the inner court, you're in the outer court, you're, you're a child. You're still dealing with this. Watch this. Because if you're a child, you're still a slave. Galatians chapter 4 verses 1 and 2. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave. Though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the appointed time by the father. Could you imagine if I gave Abigail my bank account? <laughs> Lid, you don't even give me the bank account. <laughs> We're going to be real. <laughs> Kidding. The child does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all. If I gave Abigail my PIN number, if I gave Ramses my PIN number, if I gave him access to everything, that, here's the thing. My PIN number, it belongs to them. It's theirs. Every dime in my account, ain't a whole lot of them, but every one of them, they, they're, they're theirs. Everything that I possess, my shoes, my clothes, everything that I will make in the future, it belongs to them. But they're not in a space where they can receive it now. Because what will happen is that I will kill them. Could it be that we're putting demands on God and we're naming it and claiming it and we're speaking in tongues and we're fasting and we're believing, we're doing all of these things, but we're still living in the 30 court and we're actually putting demands on God. And we're still living in this immature child state where we don't really understand it, but we heard somebody preach it, so it made sense to us, and we're starting to declare and do things. You better be glad that God is merciful. You better be glad that God is strong enough because when you step out of this and you go into this realm or you step up into a 60-fold and you walk into it without holiness, without understanding what you're actually doing, Satan will kill you. You better be glad. I wish God could show you the picture of every time that you jumped out there and it was God that saved you and his mercy rescued you because you jumped into something that it was, you think it was just because you prayed hard enough. No, it was the mercy of God. You didn't deserve that. You were still a child because after he gave it to you, you still jumped online and watched that. Come on, man. The church has affirmed who we are, but it hasn't given us maturity. We're running around like these little entitled kids that we just scream everything and we don't have an understanding. And what I'm hoping for is that you would understand that the 30-fold or, or the outer courts or, or Passover, that, that it deals with blood, with justification, with sin, but that there's, there's something more, man. That we want to move from the 30% to the 60-fold. We want to go from Passover to Pentecost. We want to go from the 60, from the 30 to the 60. We want to go from the outer courts into the inner courts. It gets smaller. It gets tighter. It's a lot more responsibility. We love when mama cut up our meat for us. She wash our behinds. She takes care of the bills. But there's, an, there's another realm that you have to step into then, that it requires responsibility, but it also requires accountability. But then when you actually make it to there, you're growing up. Now the word of God dwells inside of you and it creates strength inside of you that you actually can move from a 30 into a 64. It should be the desire of our hearts that, that I want you to see this. Follow me now because I'm, I'm about to go a little bit deeper. When Pentecost happened, Pentecost was 120 people that were inside of an upper room. They, they moved from the 30% and in just a second, I'm going to show you how all of a sudden they moved into the 60. How they went from the outer courts 
into the inner court, into the holy place. That they walked themselves, not the holy of holies, into the holy place. I'm going to show you how they kind of walked in there and set their city upside down. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 that there were 120 people in there, 120 trumpets that were sounding. Why do I say it was 120 trumpets? Because if you look in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 12, and I don't, I don't think I gave it to them, but to announce Solomon, when he announced the first temple, God told them, I want you to get 120 silver trumpets, and I want you to sound these 120 silver trumpets, and that's going to be the announcement of the temple. Isn't it interesting that on the day of Pentecost, that there was 120 voices that rang out. The entire city heard them. There were thousands of people that said, they're speaking my language. Isn't it interesting that God would use it to announce a new temple that was not built by hands, one that God would find himself living inside of it? Isn't it interesting that in the day of Pentecost, that God would actually use people's voices as trumpets, that, that he would reestablish a new temple? Trumpets are, are super uh, valuable, significant. They mean something in the Bible. Because what would happen was Jubilee uh, would be sounded when Jubilee would happen was through a trumpet. Seven years you would work the land and then on the seventh year you would take a rest. And then seven plus every seventh year you would take the rest which was the 50th year. I told you I wasn't going to do the, the numbers thing but I, you're, you're getting there. 50 and then you would have the 50th year. And the 50th year those that were given into slavery would be let go and the debt was paid. Let me explain to you what I mean. When the children of Israel they had instituted if they owed something and there was a debt that they owed. Then they would send their children to go pay for that debt. This is what would happen. They're a the young guy, 10, 12. 30, they would go and for 50 years or wherever they find themselves inside of that spectrum, if it was five years, if it was 10 years, if it was 20 years, they would work until the debt was paid. And what would happen is that on the year of Jubilee, there was a trumpet that was sound. Ba -ba! I don't know what they did. I don't know how a trumpet sound. I can't even blow a trumpet sometimes. I'm like, Pfft. but what would happen is so crazy. They would, they would walk in as children. And they would find themselves under guards and stewards. As small children, they would walk into slavery and pay off the debt for their parents. But when the year of Jubilee came, they would leave as men. Watch this. Leviticus chapter 25, go back and read it. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm trying to get you out of here in time. But if you read Leviticus chapter 25, it unpacks Jubilee and it explains when it happens, what years it happens, all the debts that were canceled, et cetera, et cetera. Not only, does it, not only did it cancel the debt, but the, like, the land, there was time where it needed to rest. And it's important. And I, 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 I want to unpack that one day for y'all, where you got to let your land rest. Stop trying to hustle so hard. Stop trying to work so much every single... Take some time to be able to rest because you're going to kill yourself, you're going to kill your wife, you're going to kill your destiny and your legacy if you don't learn to rest. But that's another story. <laughs> Watch this. this is, I love this. Listen. Jesus, in Luke chapter 4, you got to understand, during this time that I've been away, I ain't been sitting on my hands, on my butt, and just looking up at the sky. I did sit at the beach, praise the Lord. I'm black, black. <laughs> I had a good time. Abby's black, finally. Finally. All my children are white. I want them to get a little color, look like me. I don't want to be a good father. I want to be their father. Um, <laughs> during this time, I have, I have gleaned and I have, and I have read a, a few books and listened to so much 
I took 10 and a half hours of driving and I was just listening to things and, and just trying to learn and study. And I'm like, yo, I just want to get filled up. Like, God, I, I want you from the, from the Summerall's, the Lester Summerall's, and man, from the Vernon Ashes and, and from the uh, Howard Carter's. Like, these are old writers, none of them which are alive. But I want to learn because they walked into situations and they saw things that I still believe we can see. But these are modern day people. I, you, you went to school at Oral Roberts University. I guarantee you watch some of them preach. And I, I'm not dating you or saying that you're old, but like you know them. Like, <laughs> like you saw them. But the miracles, the things that they've experienced. Yo, I can't, I'm, I, Jason, you got to come up. Not now because that would be different. But you, I know. But like you got to tell them the story how you almost crashed an airplane. And it was the Holy Spirit that showed you something. Like miracles. Like things in his life that they've experienced. Yo, that's not dead. That's still available to us. Like we can still see those things. Watch. Come back. Come back. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Come back. Come back. Come back. Back. Uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 16. That's why on vacation, I still go to church. Not because I'm like, you know, I, I want to be holy or because I love God. Because I want to hear him. I want to worship him. I want to see something. Like I want to experience him. Watch this. Stop. Luke chapter 4, verse 16. 21 through 20, uh, 16 through 21. Watch this. Luke chapter 4. It says, He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, i.e. the church, as was his custom. Jesus was in church. He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, unrolling it. And he found the place where it is written. Watch this, bro. The spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free. Watch this. Jubilee. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I'm coming to, I'm coming to, this is Jubilee. Speaking of Leviticus chapter 25, this is all jubilee that the debts will be forgiven, that it is the, day, the year of the favor of the Lord. It's all jubilee. And then watch what he says. He says, then he rolled up the scroll. He gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fasted on him. The eyes of everyone in the church were fasted. They were looking at him. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. You don't understand the magnitude of what he said. You couldn't have. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to the oppressed, to set free and to proclaim the Lord's, the year of the Lord's favor. These things were happening every 50 years. These things were happening every 50 years. But Jesus is telling you, no longer is it going to be every 50 years. He says, I am Jubilee. This scripture is being fulfilled in your hearing. I am now Jubilee. I am bringing freedom to your debt. I am canceling it. I am actually the one that's going to help you. I'm going to heal you. That means, God, I hope you catch this, man. That means... That when Jesus, in Matthew 28, Acts chapter 1, 
when he speaks to the disciples and he tells them, I want you to go and I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you somebody and I want you to wait until you're endowed with power from on high. John said, I can baptize you now, but there's going to come one that's going to baptize you with fire. And Jesus says, I want you to go to the upper room and I want you to wait because I'm going to pour out the Holy Spirit on you. Here's what he was saying. That when that trumpet sounded and 120 were filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that they were tongues of fire and that they began to speak in unknown tongues. At that very moment, Jesus, by way of the Holy Spirit, began to indwell and live inside of the believers. That at that very moment, Jubilee was sitting inside of them. That no longer was it around, but it was living inside of them. That me and you, when we call on the name of Jesus, that we are saved. But when we step into the 60, when we step into the 60, when the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when it begins to empower for works, I'm going to explain all that. I promise you, just follow me, walk with me. When the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we begin to speak in other tongues. When we get baptized with the Holy Spirit, Jubilee lives inside of us. That takes us from the 30-fold where it's just blood and sacrifices and sin and it moves us into a spiritual place where now we are operating and we're living under the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're actually living in his empowerment. We move from the outer courts to the inner courts. Yo, stuff changes when we take that step up. No longer are we children then or slaves under tutors and governors or or guardians and stewards but the Holy Spirit causes us living inside of us to begin to live out with benefits that we fully understand what is the assignment that we have to us that God begins to show and listen to me the next few weeks I don't know if we might go eight weeks nine weeks ten weeks I don't know how long we're going to go but the next few weeks in this series out with the new in with the old I'm going to explain this and I'm going to unpack it in such a way that you're going to need somebody to explain to you to confuse you. Because I'm going to try to explain it in such a way that like, yo, everybody here can understand that there is an anointing on my life to take the complex things of God and bring it into such a way that it's like bread. It's just, it's simple. Like there's an anointing in my life for you just to understand it. Like I want to break it down to the lowest common denominator so that you can understand. Man, I hated fractions so much, but how funny is it that God would prophetically have me start giving and breaking stuff down to the lowest common denominator so that you can eat this morsel of bread, this manna, this manna, which is spiritual food so that you can understand it and then you can start living. I'm going to give you a tidbit or just kind of like a a little bit of of what I'm going to teach you about. Do you understand that the gifts of the Spirit, that they're not just relegated to a few people, that they're actually available for the entire church, not for the preacher, but they're available for the entire church, for the edification of the church. But watch this. Do you understand that this is not only available to every single person, but the way that you receive it is by you understanding it. It's knowledge that when you, oh, I didn't see that. That's how the spirits come alive in you. There's on the laying on of hands, there's all that, but it's the knowledge, it's understanding, it's seeing, it's saying, oh my God, now I understand this. 
This is what turned cities upside down. This is what caused men and women to do exploits. This is what caused for miracles to happen. This is where me and my wife were walking through Mardi Gras, evangelizing and speaking to people. And the Lord allowed for me to lay hands on somebody. And that person didn't want to talk to me. He would curse it. He just was not with it. And I'm like, yo, can I help you? Well, if you're not going to listen to God, then I want to show you God. And I said, do you have something that's wrong with you? Is there a body, something hurting? He's just like, just pray. I prayed for this man. I laid my hands on him. And can I tell you that he ran away from me. And I thought to myself, here I go, you messed up again, Chino. You idiot. Let me go to the next person. Hey, do you know Jesus? No, I'm, I'm good. I don't want to. Hey, sir, do you got a second to talk about Jesus? I don't have no second. Here, I'm going to let you borrow two of them. Come here. Let me talk to you for a minute. And then this man came back. Those are my little strategies. This man came back and he said, what'd you do to me? I said, bro, I don't even, bro, home, back up, homie. Like, what's happening? <laughs> like, we're on the quarter. I'm halfway saved. I can still throw holy hands. I'm like, <laughs> and he says, I've been, I've been living with an injury since I was a kid. And all through high school, I've been living with this injury. And here I am. I don't feel it anymore. Yo, that wasn't, that wasn't Chino. That was, I wasn't a pastor then. I don't, think, I don't even think I was in school, bro. We were in Bible college. But yet God would use me for somebody else to be healed. And I could give you example after example after example. Because these are things that are afforded to all of us. They're available to every single one of us. I got to stop. I got I to gotta, I gotta finish this off. Because I want you to understand that it's the 30, it's the 60, and then it's the 100. But in the great words of the prophet of late, Billy Mays, but wait. There's more. There's more because it's not just the 30, the 60, and then the 100. It's not just Passover, Pentecost, and the tabernacle. It's not just the water baptism, the spirit baptism, and then the fire baptism. There is the milk, then there is the milk of the word, the bread of the word, and then there is the meat of the word. Jesus, he was the priest, he was the prophet, and he was the king. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, David was anointed first time to fight with bears and lions. Second time, he was anointed to be ruler over Judah. The third time, he was anointed to be ruler over all of Israel. Joseph received a coat of many colors from his father. Then he received a second coat from Potiphar. And then he received his third coat from the Pharaoh, Ruth. She would go and she would pluck grains and, and go and try to harvest these little grains and 30-fold. And then Boaz said, that she look cute. Hey, leave her a little bit more. 60-fold. And then she married Boaz. She owned the entire land. A hundred-fold. I want to show you that there is a spiritual progression that we walk through. That if you can catch this, if you understand this, if you can actually Take these steps with us. You're going to watch your life progress. They're all in threes. Everybody say three. Everybody say three. three. These, these threes are going to mean something to you. Because as we continue to unpack this, you're going to see three all over the Bible. When it comes to the spiritual and the gifts of the spirit, there are three offices. There are three gifts in each one of them. Three plus three is perfection times perfection. Three, 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 three is the outer courts, is the inner courts, is the holy of holy. But watch this. Then there's the hundredfold. And there's the hundredfold. God told Moses, I want you to build me a tabernacle. But then I want you to build me the Holy of Holies. And if you go back and you look at it, the Holy of Holies was 10 feet by 10 feet by 10 feet. Like it was a small place. There wasn't a whole lot of 
room in there. If, if I'm honest with you, what will happen is that when they put the Ark of the Covenant in there, there was only room for one person to go in there. That one person would usually go in there to offer sacrifices or to do something in the presence of the Lord and they would have little bells and a string. Because if they went in there and there was sin on their life, that they would die and they would pull them out with the rope because they fell at the mercy seat of God. They fell at the throne of God because of his holiness, because of how great and how big he is. But there's only one person that can go in there. 30, 60, 100 fold. Watch this. This is a mystery. Matthew chapter 16, verse 25. A mystery that God, thank you. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Those are those scriptures that you read in the morning and you're just like, and Matthew 16, 26 says, and you just <laughs> go back. It's profound, but it doesn't make sense. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, what, you, you're telling me to kill myself? Like what, like, what do you mean, bro? Like, you're telling me it, it doesn't make sense. And then we get super spiritual. No, it's like your life. Like, you got to give your life to the Lord. And, and, like, we get super spiritual with it. You don't understand. He's talking about die. Like, the only way for you to gain your soul is for you to lose your soul. Yo, if I lose my soul, like, I don't understand. What do you mean by that? You have to add scriptures to it. Because now you have to tie stuff up. And it's crazy because I saw this at one point, And then I saw it at another point, And it was like, oh, wait a second. Now it makes sense. Watch this. Second Chronicles, we claim this scripture all through the pandemic. We talked about this scripture all through the pandemic. Everybody was talking about this scripture through the pandemic, not understanding that this scripture meant death. Watch this. If my people, y'all could quote it if I asked you to, who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. And turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. Watch this. If my people will call by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. There's a problem. There's a paradoxical problem in that equation. Seek my face. Moses is talking to God. And Moses is saying, show me your glory. Moses just went down and the people built the calf up and God said, I'm going to kill them all. And then Moses is like, no, don't kill them all. Uh, they have this thing. And, okay, cool. And then he goes back up there a second time and he's like, man, these, they crazy. Like, like, God, you keep sending me down and you keep telling me to do all this stuff. I don't even know who you are, bro. Like, I haven't even seen you. Like, who are you? And he says, I, I want to show me your glory. Like, show me who you are. Exodus chapter 33, verse 20. He said, but God said to him, or he said to them, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and, and seek my face. But you're saying if I see your face, I'm going to die. No man can see my face and live. Yo, why do you want to kill me? Like, why do you want to kill me? Like, why are you asking me to see your face? When if I see your face, I'm going to die. Why is it that you're asking me to see your face? When if I, if I see your face, I'm going to die. 
if I, if I look into your eyes, if I look into your eyes, I'm going to die. Seek my face. I can't seek my face, your face, because you said if I seek your face, I'm going to die. And then it came the revelation. The holy of holies is 10 by 10 by 10. There is only one person that can be in the holy of holies. So it is vital. It is important. I got to die. I have to die to myself. I have to die to my nature. I have to die to my past. I have to die to my sin. If I'm ever going to get to the place where I'm going to go to the hundredfold, where I can see over the top of the enemy, where I can look past my sins, if I get to the hundredfold, I got to die. The only way to go in is for you to die, for you to cease being yourself. I'm no longer worried about the 30-fold. I'm no longer worried about sin. If I'm honest with you, man, I, you, you get to a place where you're operating in the gifts and the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Ghost is just a ring. There's going to come a time where the gifts are all going to cease. Speaking in tongues is going to cease. Prophecy is going to cease. We're not even going to have the Holy Spirit inside of us. What do you mean, Gina? Hold on. What do you mean? Yes, we're going to live with him. We're going to be in him. He's going to surround us. He would be all in all and we will be with him. Fathers, you have known him. This changes everything. It helps you to get to a place where you're at a hundredfold when now you see past the bull crap. The church politics. You don't walk into church late and leave early. Every single second that you're in the presence of God, you got your hands lifted. Worship isn't just singing. It isn't about somebody being on key or not, about a song that matches your genre or doesn't. It's about being in the presence of God because now I know you. I know who I'm singing about. I understand him. I see him. Yo, I'm living in a hundredfold. It changes the way that you activate. It lives. Everything changes when you're in a hundredfold. We're on the... We're on a spiritual journey. One that we can't keep living on the dirty fold. We can't keep living in the outer courts. There's something inside of us that has to say, y'all want to step into the inner courts. And then there's something in us that when we step into the inner courts, God starts killing us. And your flesh starts to die. And then you get to the point where Paul said, in the summation of everything that he's ever done, he said, I just, in Ephesians, he says, I, I just want to know him. The summation of your life is knowing God. What pleases you, what excites you, is that I know God and I'm known by him. And I understand him. And he's living inside of me. And me and him are together and we're living. But you got to die. There's a 30-fold there's a 60-fold, and then there's a 100-fold. There's the outer courts. There's the inner courts. There's the Holy of Holies. There's the Feast of Passover, dealing with the issue of blood. There's the Feast of Pentecost, dealing with the Spirit of God. And then there's the Feast of Tabernacles, dealing with God himself. Jesus paid for your sins. The Holy Spirit indwells you with power and authority so that you can do the work of the kingdom. If, if you're just living in a 30-fold and all you're trying to do is just make sure that you go into the kingdom, you have no benefit to the kingdom. 
but God can actually live in you and allow for you to work in such a power and such an authority that you actually become a benefit to the kingdom and now you're enlarging and bringing people to the kingdom. You're of use for the kingdom, but then you get to a space where you die. You cease to exist. And you know him. Would you do me a favor and, and would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a second? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. And we hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media platforms at mygreater.